0: Hello and welcome back to Inside the Click. I'm Monica. I'm Michelle. And we are here for your data-driven insights into the influencer and creator economy space.
1: And so today we are diving into, let me talk about like niches. Mm -hmm. And we we did a podcast on this a little bit ago, more around pivoting, but this is really just a little more holistic and I think it's a pretty fun conversation. You need to be you. Yes. Yes. Yay. And
0: if and after the episode, if you're feeling inspired, but you still have some question marks, you can go back a few episodes and we have something on imposter syndrome, which can kind of piggyback on this.
1: Yes. Cool. Let's do it.
0: Yay. So the reason why he made it look so easy was because he was like, okay, so first what you're going to do is take a comb and then you're going to make a diagonal here. So then you're going to grab these hairs and then there's more and then pin them out of the way. So once you pin that, then your ponytail goes with the eye line. So you Decide where the ponytail placement goes based off like where your eyes are, so you just go up, go up, and that's where the ponytail goes. I never knew <laughs> this, I cheered for however many years, no one explained a ponytail to me. <laughs> and then, do you remember in middle school where you would take a ponytail and you would kind of like flip it in? Yes, and it made, okay. So you flip it the other side, if you flip it the other side, then it creates this whoop of volume. And I was like, oh, But cheating. that that
1: hinges on the ponytail being like enough far away from your head.
0: Yeah, so you have so he was like you pull so you once you ponytail it, then you kind of loosen it. And then You do the thing, and then everything's still loose again, but then you you tighten it, and it comes back. And then this part that you have clipped, then you bobby pin it back.
1: (laughs) 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 I always think that's so funny. I've seen, too, like where you do two ponytails.
0: Yeah, I've never tried that, but I do see the girlies do it yes i feel
1: like i've done it one time and it actually looked okay but then i just always forget about it
0: yeah that's the thing you're gonna see this once and then my adhd brain is gonna be like that never happened <laughs> cool that you had that experience <laughs> once.
1: oh and i watch world housewives
0: Oh, <laughs> important
1: <laughs> super important um, now i'm watching miami where like
0: oh yeah I didn't watch a lot of Miami. I think at the time I was starting to get, when Miami came out, I was kind of burnt out on the franchise. It like yeah. came out at a weird time.
1: I think, so some people told me don't watch until season four. Okay, See, so season that makes sense because
0: I never made it to season four. I think I made it like the first or two and I was like, no. Okay.
1: Yeah. So, that's where I'm starting. Okay. I, there's this one girl on it that it's just, she's just like a pillow face. <laughs> like, it's too much. Yeah. I don't, I don't know why people think that it looks good.
0: I don't know. I think it's like, it just virals, And if they go to the person who's just going to encourage that or just be like, yes, whatever you want versus someone who will be like, let's take a break. I don't know. I feel like there's some practitioners who are just going to be like, okay, because you're paying me versus being like, let's evaluate. But it's kind of
1: like I've been seeing two of the housewives on, of New Jersey are doing it more Like Teresa and Dolores, and I actually really like Dolores, but I've seen two recent pictures of them and I'm like, they all have the same face. Yes. Everyone is wanting the same face. Yeah. And
0: I feel even not even on that level. If you go to Dallas, every girl 25, 26 to 35 has the same face. I was talking to my aunts about this and I was like, Oh, and I think my therapist was talking about this too. It's like y- you would think every girl is going to the same place because everyone looks exactly alike. you go to a coffee shop and they have the same exact work that's been done. It is wild. It is wild.
1: That's what it, I think that this is also where that space and the influencer space kind of like – overlaps a bit and you know what I was actually thinking the other day because you know that I'm trying to get in on flip
0: yes we have to talk
1: about that (laughs) but I was watching some of the videos on it and then even just thinking to like the like beauty people that you see Mm -hmm. it's all this like really heavy like i want to do this dramatic like looks Mm -hmm. and no one is or at least the ones that i've been getting served and maybe it's just because i keep seeing that content and and watching and so it's giving me more but no one is really like here's how to do it naturally Mm -hmm. and it's like if people want to show lip stuff it's all like Here's my really puffy yeah thing and cuz that's what's desirable.
0: Mm-hmm. But it,
1: everyone's like losing their uniqueness.
0: Yep. Yeah, because if you're injecting everything, there's only one way to really inject something. So you're going to end up looking like everyone else. But I did see something interesting where celebrities are starting to remove their lip filler. Yes, and I think that that'll be a really interesting trend. I stopped getting lip filler like a year and a half ago, two years ago, maybe, because it would migrate up. Like they injected too much, and so then I would migrate, and I was like, "This is miserable." But what's more miserable is how weird that looked. Is getting lip filler dissolved. It is the most painful experience
1: I have seen videos on that. Life.
0: Oh, my gosh. It is insane. I was sobbing, basically. It's just like waterworks, waterworks. She's like, you're doing great. You're doing great. And I'm just like, huh? Because Wait, so literally stick the needle." Do you-
1: It can either go away on its own, or is it if it's not going away fast enough, then you get yep. it dissolved?
0: Yeah, because it had left the lips and migrated up to the upper lip.
1: And it gets all, like, black and blue and bruised and stuff.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's,
1: it's also I think you now look great. I
0: get so now because I have a really gummy smile. So I get like the gummy smile thing. So it's three units of Botox here and then three here. And then sometimes I'll do a lip flip. And I'd rather do that than lip filler.
1: That one influencer that we follow, I forget her name now, but she posted her experience of the lip flip. And I thought that that looked good.
0: Yeah. I think like. Because, and it's so many minimal, minimal units of Botox that if you exercise a lot too, then it doesn't last as long, which oh. is a nice insurance policy if you're not sure about it. Mm-hmm. Now, if like that's your jam and you run 10 miles a day, then it's kind of a waste of money. But yeah, got it. Much better than this whole. Lip filler thing because that was just and it's so expensive. That's the, I I think that's the interesting topic about <laughs> injectables is how many people have them and how expensive they are. Like any given day, to get your lips filled, that's going to be like six hundred dollars. Really, it's insane. If you your homework. If look up because also I do live in Dallas, so I'm sure it's more expensive in Dallas than it is in other places. But other than L.A. but if you look up Boston, look up different med spas, and if they disclo- most don't disclose the pricing. First of all, but if I they have do tried disclose, to look
1: up pricing, and it's it's very like it
0: depends. You
1: can't. like they they don't. Because
0: once they get you in there, you're already excited. You're already ready to go. And then you're more likely to just pay it than to be like, okay, it's $700. But yeah, yeah, there's a lot of people who are paying. And if you're getting your lips done, you're probably also getting Botox and you're probably getting other things. Like it is not, it is not cheap. It's
1: kind of funny because Everyone's kind of paying to look like the same person.
0: Yes, that's exactly <laughs> what's happening. That's exactly but that, what's happening.
1: So that's one thing that I do think is really interesting and I feel like can be an in, so like intimidation factor with this space because sometimes you'll be looking through and even like in the LTK app. I know that they're trying to like increase their diversity, but it's like, there's this look that is heavily favored. Yep. And even if you write all the social media platforms, they share with you like the same things that you're looking at. And so if you are like, oh my gosh, this really like tall super thin like i need this to be an influencer and then you're served another one that's like that and another one and it can definitely i can see it being really it's like jading the right word and i think also make you feel like you are not good enough yeah but that's where if you're trying to break through in this space It's like, that's already kind of taken care of. And if you're not like that, that's where you can really play up your uniqueness.
0: Yeah. And I think too, I have two thoughts on that. One is there's also that subconscious component to it. You know how like with social media marketing, if you... Keep sharing what your audience is expecting, then it's going to do better. They're going to stay there, because they're already like in the habit of expecting a certain thing. When they start to get used to this look, this aesthetic, then even if it's a different person, they're like subconscious, it's already like, "Oh, I already know that. I'm already comfortable with that." And then it kind of spirals, and it's not even the conscious thing that people are doing, which is wild. But to your point about there being that opening for so many people, no matter if you fit that or not, I think about that a lot with doing petite content. I've always been so hesitant to do that because in my head, I'm like, okay, I'm eliminating a huge audience. And I don't wear petite clothes anyway, so it's like, should I not? But then it's also like, now I'm starting to get into it a little bit more because I do see how much harder it is to find petite creators. And if I'm petite and creating content, why am I not making sure that I can be found with that? And then to the other point, and I haven't even talked to you about this yet, but I was thinking about starting another TikTok where it's in Spanish. So tapping into that audience, because there's so many American English speaking fashion content creators, but there's not as many who are Spanish speaking. Even if you combine all the Spanish-speaking countries and creators there, that's still less than what's in the U.S., content creator-wise. So yes. I have been entertaining that idea and then also just kind of selfishly as a way to practice my Spanish because I've gotten to the point where now I only speak it with my mom, really, because in school and in college, I studied it. So it was like at least in class I was getting right out of it. But now I need a little bit more than just watching shows and talking to my mom. And right. I feel like that would be an interesting exercise. That is so cool. Was, I don't know. That is where,
1: though, if you build a solid... I feel like no matter what... So would you post TikToks on your English one and then a very similar one on the Spanish one?
0: Yeah, I was thinking like for talking ones, I would just talk through the outfit in English, record, talk through it in Spanish. And then if it's the ones where there's just some music and overlay, then it would just be a difference in text. So I don't think the workload would be much different.
1: I agree. I think that you could also just record literally in one language and then you could just overdub yeah in the other language and you could even then cross promote that right so it's like mm-hmm. original sound in spanish like i have a whole thing over here because then at the end of the day you will want to like merge into something right because right. two is still crazy yeah so
0: so yeah. the only question mark around it is that a lot of Spanish creators that I follow, they do a lot of their posts in English. And I'm sure it's back to the same thing. It's because it's the broader audience, right? But then at the same time, I know so many people in Spain who, while they could be okay on a trip to US and manage when it comes to the language, It's still a lot of effort to watch a show in English or something like that. It's just wild how they are so much better with languages than we are. They could could just go through the basics at school and they're basically fluent in English. Meanwhile, we're like, what's blue in Spanish again?
1: I know. I I was actually thinking I have this thought anytime I'm in a country that's like, where English is very much not the language. And it's, it's like, there is still an expectation that there's some sort of English there. Yeah. Like, what would it be like to right? not have that? You just are naturally more resourceful, I feel. Whereas so we're just true. like, everything is English.
0: We're <laughs> good. And look, right. I mean, even being oh. bilingual, i I find myself in that trap because- my mom was like, do you want to go to, I think it was, it was, she was asking about Paris and I was like, I don't know, going to London sounds a lot easier because of the language thing. Mind you, I have like beginner to intermediate level French. Like I, if you put a gun to my head, I can do it. And I was still like, that sounds like a lot of work." <laughs>
1: But you know what, going to a country where the characters are way different, that's even harder. Like when I was in China, because you can't, you can't spell out anything. You literally don't know what it's saying versus in Spain, in France, you can at least like have the characters Mm -hmm. that you know. No, but what I was thinking is what is preventing you from just doing that on your one account? because isn't it also, I feel like there's one school of thought. So there's one school of thought that it's like, things are separate and it's a business and all of that. But then there's another school of thought that it's like, you should be authentically you. Yeah. So what is preventing you from doing it on your main one? It's like alternating.
0: Yeah. I think it's that it's like, If I have English speaking followers and then a Spanish one pops up, are they going to be like, what, what in the world is this? And then be like, this isn't for me anymore. And then lose those as followers. But
1: what if you did something? It could almost be like if the post, let's say that you're speaking in Spanish for the post. Then the beginning of the text under would be in English and then Spanish would be to the bottom. And then if you have an English post, then the first part would be in Spanish and then the English part would be at the bottom. And like you just started to tease it. Yeah.
0: Okay. I like, actually, that's my favorite idea out of all. Because
1: then it's like, and If you think about the market, right? So a lot of the Spanish influencers do do English stuff. So you wouldn't only want to go exclusively to Spanish because then you do want to take some parts of that that's clearly working. Mm -hmm. But I do think that that's interesting. And then that would even, there could be more word of mouth success because people would be like, oh, I follow monica and she does things in english and spanish and yeah. you know that this person speaks spanish at home like with their grandparents or something and you could even do a journey of you becoming more fluent again and trying true. to like that's true everyone always i think that that's definitely a thing where people are always wanting to a yeah, pick up more languages and they yeah. like see it as like getting more like, cultured and like, I should really do this. So that would yeah. be the whole story arc in and of itself.
0: That's true. That's true. Yeah. It's so funny. It's like there's so many people who value languages and they find that just being a part of being like a world citizen. And there's so many people who just want nothing to do with it. Like, it, it's wild. And I keep dating guys who want nothing to do with it. And literally like (laughs) my last boyfriend broke up with me because partially it was too overwhelming to think that if it moved forward and we got married, had kids, his kids would speak Spanish. It was too much. It was too much. And it wasn't the first time I've had that conversation with someone I've been in a serious relationship with where they're very much like, I'm not sure how comfortable I am with that. And like, how badly were you burned in middle school Spanish?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Those are the type of people that you don't want anyway, though. Exactly. Exactly.
0: Exactly. And it's so funny because my family, my brother learned Japanese when he was in middle school. Just because he thought, and he wasn't even into, people are always like, oh, was he really into anime? I was like, no, he was interested in the history of Japan. And He started to teach himself Japanese by watching documentaries and things like that. And then my parents enrolled him in formal Japanese classes. But then by the time he was junior, senior in high school, he was going to Japan for the summers and taking classes there. It was wild. And then in college, he took Japanese and Russian. And I think he minored in Russian or something like that. And he, had a, he applied for an internship at the CIA because he had so many languages. Yes. But the problem was is that the CIA kind of has buckets. So, like, you either have four languages that are romantic languages or you have four languages that are Asian languages. And he kind of had two romantic languages, two Asian. Like, he because he also took ch- Chinese at one point but yeah so it didn't work out just because it wasn't like that is so weird like i know it makes sense and doesn't at the same time cuz it's like okay you want someone who can take on like all of europe and then someone from yeah. the middle east and asia it does make sense but for an internship i'm like I don't know. Yeah.
1: also he clearly likes doing that so he could learn other ones if he wanted right. to be there like
0: yeah, my dad. Six months before they go on any trip, that he does Rosetta Stone or private la- private classes on that language. So, like when my him and my dad went to Russia, they did he did six months of classes. Every time they go to either Brazil or Portugal, he'll relearn basic Portuguese. He's done it with Greek. I don't have that in me. But he's just like, I just wanna know enough that if I'm lost and see a sign, I can read the sign. Cause to your yeah. point, it's about when once the characters start to change, like Russian Greek, all that yeah. that's like I could I could do Greek letters, I could identify the Pi Fi house. <laughs> <laughs> I can get myself there.
1: <laughs> oh my gosh. That would actually kind of come in handy, knowing some of those
0: yeah. symbols. Exactly. <laughs> the Greek, Greek life study of rotting Greece, they can get a little bit further than that. Yeah,
1: you would be better than me. Oh my gosh. We have to, we have to keep an eye on, if you execute that, what ends up happening. I have a very similar thing where on my personal account, I follow more fitness influencers because that's more like my body type. So if they're posting things like outfits or whatever, I'm like, oh yeah, that would look cute. Versus sometimes if I see some of these like models posting Yeah. It's just like, okay, like that wouldn't really look the same on me, Right, which you can get in your head of being like, oh God. Yeah. That's never going to like, I'm awful. Right. Mm -hmm. And, but so following that is like a really nice space, Mm -hmm. but then it's like, they end up posting a lot of working out stuff. And right now with my back, I'm not doing anything. Right. So I'm like, oh gosh, but that is another, I guess, athletic build type people. If you're out there just doing normal things Mm -hmm. and not only doing fitness stuff, like that's another, I think, opening, but yeah.
0: So I think there's more openings than not because the industry has been so formulaic for so long. I think what should be super encouraging is that there are so many openings. It's hard because it's like you start, let's say you're like, okay, yes, you're right. Let's start posting in this way. You don't get the instant gratification of it's true. So it's like the the questioning is still going to happen for like, whether it's two weeks or six months, that's like the hard part that you have to get through. Yes.
1: Yeah. So I guess the big takeaway
0: is be you.
1: It's going to be easier anyway. And even if it's not the norm of what you're seeing, that shouldn't deter you. That should encourage you.
0: Yeah. It's like if you were to create a product, I don't know. I can't think off the top of my head. Okay. Let's say like a Yeti mug. The founders of Yeti, they, created it even though there wasn't really something that was like a cooler that was insulating as well as it does they still did it even though it didn't already exist you know you just yeah just because it doesn't exist doesn't mean it doesn't have value
1: yeah if anything it would have more value and it's going to be easier cognitively because you're not going to be trying to be someone that you're not exactly yay If you're new here, follow the podcast, review, rate, all of this stuff is super helpful. We're trying to ramp up our audience and influence. So share. We're here to help. If you want us to dive into anything, you can DM us on Instagram at InsideTheClick, or you can email us hello at InsideTheClick.com. We are also lightly on TikTok. And thanks everyone for listening.